it's usually pretty. I just realized I didn't hit record button. <laughs> oh, that's okay. We can, we can start it over if you want. Uh, okay. um, yeah, I mean, we, we're just talking. I saw all of this anyway, so I can. Yeah. I probably can take it from the video anyhow, the audio from it, because it records. So I was too busy thinking. <laughs> so either way, it'd be good. No, you're good. Um, so like I said, I was. we did a have you heard. That's how I, I met you was through through Patrick. We were doing, because um, I did the podcast, the Georgia Songbirds, and I'm always trying to find ways to make it new and interesting. And I said, we're jamming here with the band. Yeah. And I'm like, let's just do have you heard. Let's have a guest. It's more fun if I get to talk to people than, than me just talking to the microphone for like the countdown and other stuff. And it's, right. it turned into, first of all, Jordan's my best friend. I've known him for a couple of years. He started the band. Me and him started together. Patrick was the drummer. He came in. Uh, so when you get bands together, it's always going to be explicit. <laughs> it just is. Yeah. I, I know it is. Yeah. But it's so much fun because it's other people sending me music that I wouldn't hear. And when he sent me your when he, he said, let's play my drug. I was like, okay, I've never heard it. Let me listen to it. Man, I love yeah. that stuff. Thank you. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And it's always, I always love hearing about how people will find my music or are introduced to it. Sometimes it's random. Sometimes it's a friend. It, but it, it's always, a, I think, the highest compliment when somebody has shared it with somebody else, like friends have. Because I know for me, I don't send music to people that I don't thoroughly, thoroughly believe in and know that they're probably going to enjoy it as well. Um, and so that, that's the, that's the most organic way. And so I appreciate, I appreciate that a lot. And it was, it's kind of crazy about my drug cause I released it in 2017 and then I posted it on TikTok this past summer and it just went crazy on, on there and kind of gave it a new life. And it's been really cool to see. Yeah. T- TikTok will do that for things. My kids, we, every Friday I take them to school and I let them pick a song. Whatever song you listen to, that's how it, because I drive in school. But I only let them do it on Fridays. And they find a lot of stuff through like the Instagram reels and the TikTok. And, and I'm like, I've never heard of it. And what drives me crazy about that part is sometimes it's so short and then you hear it's like a little minute song. I'm like, come on. A song like that deserves to be heard the whole entirety. Oh, for sure. And that's the hard part because that's what I've been trying to work or mess with because it kind of is a tease. It, it, you know, if they do a 15 or 20 second, more people are going to watch it to the end. Mm-hmm. If you do the longer one, the minute and a half, two minute, three minute video, people get the full dose, but then they probably aren't going to go download it unless they really like it. And a lot of people won't make it to the end. People have short attention spans, myself included. Uh, and so they, they give it 20 seconds and then they scroll away. So uh, it's, it's a, it's a wild game to try to learn. Yeah, I, I'm probably bad about that too. I, I'm sitting there listening to music, and I don't know. I remember the days of putting in like tapes, right? You know, my dad loved Pink Floyd, so you put in a Pink Floyd tape. There's no telling where that song starts or ends. It's all one big collaboration. Yeah, that that's funny. Pink Floyd was actually the first uh, first song I learned on guitar was "Wish You Were Here." That's, that was my my beginner song. Well, the song I chose to okay. learn first. So. I think uh, but the, yeah, you'd have no clue if, if you had a cassette tape how to where it begins or ends. I had a uh, the first song I learned when I my grandfather taught me a little bit. He he taught me that GCD, the basic stuff, right? Yeah. And then he yeah. died before he teach me anything else. But when I sat down like at an instructor, they gave me like two choices. They gave me the of course the the Pink Floyd. I think it was comfortably numb is the one they were going to do, or Stairway to Heaven. I chose Stairway yeah. to Heaven, so I can do the riff. Yeah. That's cool though. I I like it. I enjoy seeing what people like started out with. Because a lot of it's, it's basic, but sometimes you'll you'll find people that have started out with things that I wouldn't have tried to play for years after I after I picked up a guitar. 
but that's really cool. Now, what made you want to pick up the guitar and play? Oh, um, so I grew up with my mom and she got married when I was in second grade or no, I'm sorry, in fourth grade. And my, my stepdad at the time had a bunch of guitars around the house and he played a little bit. And so I was just in, I was in fourth grade and decided I kind of wanted to try to pick up guitar a little bit. So I, he had one acoustic guitar, so I'd take that in my room. And I would go just on YouTube, or not YouTube, Google, and just type in, you know, uh, Pink Floyd, but she would hear guitar tabs or whatever song I was listening to at the time. And I learned tabs before I learned chords. So I knew how to play the song, but I didn't know what I was actually, I didn't know the names of any of the chords or anything like that. Okay. Uh, and then I just kept kind of progressively learning without, not to the traditional way, I just kind of taught myself off the internet. And then by the time I got to high school i could sing and play at the same time but i never would in front of anybody uh, i just would do it on the side and uh, like i said i played football as well and, and then i played in i played in college and i had gotten 10 concussions and i had to stop stop playing and going from you know being football year round to no football at all like i wasn't with the same friends i wasn't with any i was in a, just a, i was just a student at that point and i felt really weird and kind of isolated and so i would start using that guitar stuff that i learned when i was little just to write songs or to kind of just vent and feel a little bit better. Uh, and that kind of just kept snowballing. So yeah, kind of unorthodox, but yeah, it's been very, very healthy for me. See, I, you say unorth unorthodox, but the more people I talk to, it's a lot the same. Cause like, I, I can't read music. I same thing taught myself. And what I would do is like Eagles are like my favorite band, right? I'd love the Eagles. So I would take chord progressions for the tabs from except they didn't have tabs in they were actually the books i have to actually go buy the book and yeah. i take the chord progression like okay they know what they're doing they know the theory i'm just gonna take this chord progression i'm gonna play a song yeah. and that's that's how i learned so it's cool to hear that you know that that's how you learn you just follow the tabs and it makes me feel a little bit old but you follow the tabs <laughs> no, it's, it's it's really just like for me it was just uh i just needed exposure to it and then it, i think it was good for me because i don't do well with over the top structure. I, I if somebody set me down to play guitar and be like, this is exactly how you have to play. This is the tuning you have to use. This is this. I don't like that. I immediately want to go against that and be like, I could probably do it a different way. And, and learning on my own was just made me like it more because it was like, I can, I can literally just make anything up. There are no rules at all. If I want to start tuning down to crazy stuff. I'll do it. If I want to make up boards, cool. doesn't matter. There's no rules. Now, when you talk about like the tuning stuff down, what's the, kind of the craziest tuning in one of your songs that you've ever done? Um, there's only one that has a, a more crazy. So I pretty much only use uh, I stay in dad gad, but I have stepped down. So it's like okay. open C sharp. That's what pretty much all of my songs are in. Uh, at least they'll stay there and then I'll capo up or whatever I need to do. But, but um, I wrote a song for my mom few years back called february rose which is not i didn't like put it out it's on youtube i think somewhere but it's not something that i is on spotify or anything like that okay. and uh i just wrote it, wrote it for her but i so that one it's open c sharp but then i tune the low e back to e and then i tune the g string down another half step it was su super weird i've never used it again <laughs> and i don't even know what, how, how i found it or what happened but it just Give it a, a little bit happier, a little brighter of a, of a tuning than I'm, I usually use. I usually like the darker, darker tunings. Uh, just for that one, it felt pretty, pretty fitting for, for that song. 
Yeah, see, I, I like all the miners and the dark stuff too. So yeah, that's, oh, every time every time I go to a co-write or something, and the people, somebody I know, he's always like, "Oh, we're gonna write a sad dark song today, aren't we?" We write whatever, but if I'm if I'm steering the ship, yeah, that's probably where it's gonna go. See, my band says, "Oh, what capo? What position of the capo is now?" I was like, "Well, I don't want to have to learn how to tune it, so I'll just put a capo and change the key." Yeah, and I figure it out myself, and that's what I—that's what I'll do. Like, and I've been playing in that in that open tuning so long, but if I'm playing in a writer's round or something, and somebody wants me to, you know, play diddle while they're playing, I just got to find the key, find my capo, boom. I'm—I know exactly what I'm doing right there. I don't have to mess with it too much, so it makes it easy. Now, because of your your voice, is that why you tune it down? You just like the way it feels for your voice. At first, yeah, when I first started doing it, I just liked having a little more freedom to go. And, and I don't know a lot of music theory, so transposing, especially early on, I was not great at that. You know, mm-hmm. if I could, there was, I'm trying to think of one of the songs, uh, Hooting the Blowfish, Let Her Cry was one I really liked. Uh, and it, I played in G, and that was just a little bit too high for me. And I didn't want to mess with, I just, that's how I learned how to play it. And then once I started to sing, I realized it was a little bit of a stretch for me. So I went, I had down a half step, and I went down, I went down a whole step as well. Just the tuning gets a little harder to stay for me when I get down too low. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, that's kind of how I learned to drop it down. So it does make it a little more comfortable for me. Now, did you ever take, like, singing lessons and stuff, too? I took two months of singing lessons uh, when I was just out of college. And um, it was helpful. I, but um, I think the, the biggest thing for me was just time singing. I didn't sing in front of people until I was 19 years old. And then... Actually, just the other day, I was listening to some stuff I had re- released or recorded when I was 19, and it's crazy to me how much my voice has changed over just as you get comfortable. I feel like when you're young and you're singing, you're you're still kind of imitating other people, and you're mm-hmm. still you're just not you haven't really found your your sound yet or your style. And uh, I was listening to it, and I was just cringing at how it just it's so different now. Um, and and so I took those, and they helped me with warming, like learning warm up techniques and. And things like that. But I think the biggest thing for me has just been putting time into actually singing and getting comfortable. Okay. Uh, you mentioned college a couple of times. What college did you graduate from? Uh, so I didn't graduate from any college, but I went to four different colleges. Okay. So that's pretty good. Uh, 4.0 is what I call that. Four colleges, zero <laughs> degrees. Um, and yeah, so I, I got a uh, scholarship to play at football at Robert Morris. It's right outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Was there and then transfer. I was transferring in the during the during the year, so I had to um, sit out the full year. So I went to community college to line up my credits for the next year. Okay. Uh, so I went to Washington State Community College in Ohio, and then um, I transferred from there to Ohio Valley University, which is in. Um, or sorry, then I went to Marietta College, played football for two years there. That's in Ohio, and then I transferred to Ohio Valley University uh, for one year. And that's when music football had faded out and um, music had, had definitely popped up as my, my main focus. And I started realizing I don't really need to go to school for music. You know, I mean, it can help, but right. um, where I was, the amount of time that I had already been in college and the amount of debt that I had already had, I was like, I'm just going to dive into this thing and see what happens. I actually want to know if you're an Ohio State fan. No, I'm a Michigan fan, and I am a diehard <laughs> Michigan fan. You know, I, it. I love I love Michigan football. The first when I was a kid, I got for Christmas. That's how I got introduced to football. Was I got a, a uniform, and it was a Michigan yeah. Wolverine uniform. I was like maybe eight or nine, but I put it on. I love that stuff. 
Yeah, and I mean their uniforms are cool. So like I and I was uh, when Charles Woodson played for them, he won the Heisman in '97. Mm-hmm. I was in I don't know what grade I was in. I was in elementary school, and I, like I said, I grew up with just my mom, so I didn't have anybody telling me. And this is in Ohio, and I didn't have anyone telling me you should like these guys, don't like these guys. It was just whatever you want to do, do it. And so I went to school that next day or the next Monday, and was just talking about how good I thought he was. And oh, I got ripped. Last part, they were, oh, you can't like him. He sucks. He, you don't want to. He's terrible. And I'm like, well, he's not terrible. He's clearly pretty good. And that that kind of that backlash from them, honestly, is probably what made me a Michigan fan because I started diving deeper into it. And, and then now, college football is my favorite sport. And I went to the Ohio State Michigan game not this past year, but the year before in Ann Arbor. So I try to try to go up as much as I can. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Georgia Bulldog fan. I've my whole life, I've, I'm in Georgia, of course. <laughs> well, congratulations on your uh, – you guys are having a great couple of years. Yeah. Patrick put the Georgia f- uh, Football National Championship picture behind him. <laughs> and and I, I I do think that if we would have got to the National Championship, we would have gave you guys a little bit better of a game than TCU. I'm not saying yeah. we would have won, but it would have been at least – we would at least maybe scored another time or two. Yeah, I mean, because it was a lower score when they played in the year before. I mean, they were waiting on Alabama. I know that's, and I know I'm, I'm not a big Alabama fan. They're a great football team. Saban is probably one of the best coaches ever. But you get into, to, to the way the it builds now. With he's got, you got to adjust to the the portal. You got the portal coming in. You got the NIL stuff. It's a whole different ball game. Yeah, oh, it's it's night and day from even just five years ago. Like it's changing so much. Um, but it, it's it's crazy. But it's it's fun to keep up with. But yeah, I think the more I feel like the more it progresses, the more people are going to be bouncing around left and right. But, uh, but yeah, I've been I've been a Michigan fan for for a long time. They've got what not this year, but the next year, I guess, or technically two years, two football seasons. They got the twelve seed playoff. I can't wait. I actually did a paper in college about uh, that was when it was still the BCS about how I just couldn't understand how every other division of football has playoffs other yep. than division one college. It was crazy to me. So I'm glad we're finally getting there. Yeah. It's, it's going to be wild. It, even if you take the bowl games, like the USC game or um, who they lose to, they lost to. Did they take on two lanes? Yeah. Two lane beat them on a last second uh, play basically. So it's like, that's that what happened in the playoffs. Two lane would have went on mm-hmm. and played whoever and th- that kind of stuff is what's gonna probably really make it a uh, exciting uh, oh yeah uh, it's gonna be crazy you're gonna get upsets all over the place and then you're gonna i mean it's i'm ready for it i i love like the i played like the college football game the actual game now i love playing that stuff you know the ncaa it's coming back for the like the playstations yeah. and xbox and stuff I'm i can't wait <laughs> yeah same i i play those all the time and um I, I think it was supposed to come out this year, but they bumped it back a year. Mm-hmm. I think it's not going to come out until 24 now, but right. it's still going to be amazing when it comes out. Yeah, I think they want to get everything just right, and they, I think they were waiting to see what they did with the playoffs, too. Cause they, they could, I mean, it's probably an easy fix. My, my oldest son went to uh, – he actually graduated college. Me, like I said, you went to four different ones. I got kicked out yeah. of college and told not to come back. And I'm like, okay, oh, then wow. I'm just gonna, I'm going to go to work. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he does the IT stuff, and, I mean, he, it's it, – it's crazy how they get into all that, all of that. Oh, I'm sure. And I couldn't even begin to understand that side of really the world. I have no ability in that. Um, I just, I love the old, the old games. And then I knew they, they announced they were coming out with a new one. And just, I mean, 
there's going to be so many things they're going to have to add or they have the opportunity to add if they want to. Um, new penalties, NIL stuff, transfer portal. I mean, just literally a whole new world of stuff. So I'm excited for when that does come. Oh, yeah. And I told you, we're going to get sidetracked. I, I, I can make this a football podcast, a yeah. wrestling podcast, whatever. I, I, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, get there. we'll get there. But there's I, no, whatever happens, happens. I like it like that. Right, you know. Speaking, okay, I'm. I'm this time. I'm directed back to music. Speaking of football, have you ever got to sing the national anthem at any games? No, and it terrifies me. I mean, I would do it. I would do it if if the opportunity. I did get asked to do it at a like a like a very low level wrestling event one time in the middle of West Virginia, <laughs> uh-huh. and I was like, ah, I don't think I'm going to do that. So, uh, but if if the right opportunity came up, I, I know I could work at it and and nail it. I just. Like I do covers all the time, but when I do them, I like to make them my, my own. Not that would be a cover per se, but right. I, I want to feel comfortable doing it. And it's there's it's so rangy. There's so much range, and if you start too high, you are screwed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, that would be the. I'd have to practice a lot, but I'd be down for it. But I've never actually done it. Now I don't know. You mentioned covers. I'm. Like I said, Patrick knows this. I'm not a big, big fan of covers. Just because, like you said, I could never do them justice. I'd have to do them my way. Um, and he, and he, he said Jimmy Hendrix made it his own way. He didn't sing. He played the guitar. I can't play that good. But what is like a cover that you do that maybe people don't think of that you would you would do? Oh, there, there's a, that's actually one of my favorite things to do. So I love taking, whether it's a pop song. I, li- I love taking pop songs and, <laughs> and making them acoustic or – I'm taking rap songs and making them acoustic and kind of slower and really any genre. But uh, I did a Justin Bieber song. Uh, one, uh, So I have a mashup, actually. I do uh, Sync Bye 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 mm-hmm. into uh, uh, Black Street, No Diggity, into Justin Bieber, Girlfriend, and then that goes into Macklemore Thrift Shop. And I oh, do wow. them all in the same key and just kind of keep, keep right. going through them. And then I kind of, at the end, I put them all into one thing. But... Um, they just all sound so different. Actually, just last week, I released a, a studio version of a Chainsmokers song called Closer. Um, and then it, I'm just going to start doing that probably every other month, releasing a, a produced version of a cover that I do. But I do it completely in my own style. Um, and yeah, I just have I have a lot of fun with it because it's not as there's not much pressure. Like if I, I, have, an, I have a new song coming out uh, soon and when it's my stuff, it's like I, it has to live up to my expectations and everything. I'm very critical of it. But when it's a cover, like this song already exists, if it doesn't do well, it really doesn't matter. I'm not really doing it for the performance of it. I'm doing it because a lot of times it's a good song that was maybe covered up by a lot of production or they wanted to be catchy. But if you slow it and strip it down, it, it can be a really beautiful. Yeah, Patrick said he'd love that version of Closer. He says the best you've ever heard. Uh, Thanks, Sam. I said thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. I, I, I've took. I've got a challenge for you too. I ask everybody to okay. challenge. You can do it if you want to. You don't have to, uh, and there's no time limit on it. I'll I'll picture a song for you here in a little bit that you can do a cover, and just whenever you get a chance, send it to me. We'll put it on TikTok, Facebook, and it's always going to be odd because I got the band to do everybody one time, and I can't get them to do it again. So now yeah. the the cover that we're working on, or we did work on once that everybody seemed to like, was Straight Up by Paul Abdul. And we turned it very bluesy. And it's like, okay, we actually need to sit down for real and make this song right. You know, 
get it at yeah. perfect time and get everything set up and, and put it on the album. I'd love to do that on the album that we're going to work on. Yeah. So now you talk about oh, produce. Who, who does that for you? Or do you do it yourself? Uh, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not good at that's. I, I kind of avoided the producer side or even the equipment. So I, I can't, I don't even have my own setup for any recording of in my iPhone. Um, mostly because I know it's expensive. I know it's time consuming and everyone I meet, that does produce they're always you're always learning it's it's another kind of endless i feel like it's an endless wormhole and so like if i already have that with music like i'm never going to be i'm never going to learn everything about music or songwriting or guitar and so i kind of left the production side out of it i use a, i use two kind of different guys they're both in ohio uh, one guy's name is lance horsley uh he's one that's producing all the covers that i'm putting out right now and he also does a lot of the videos that i that i put out as well he's just got He's just an awesome dude who works really hard and really is just passionate about music. And then the other guy is Brandon Banks. He also lives in Ohio, and he's the guy that I use for my originals um, and stuff like that. So a lot of times, I'm, I spent the last quarter of the year just recording a bunch of stuff to have, hit this year running. And uh, so, yeah, I use one of those guys. Okay. Well, let's listen to one of your songs. I'm going to do it. I'm going to share the screen so you can see this, the uh, Spotify and all that. And yeah. we will... Pick a song for you. You just tell me which one you want to hear and the story behind it. Cause like, I'm a songwriter too. So I love stories of the songs. Okay. Mm, I don't know what you're, you've heard my drill. You want to do one you haven't heard? Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's, um, you wanna, so the, go ahead. The way I am is, is similar to, mm, no, let's, let's go to the devil and the acoustic devil in me. Okay. The devil in me. Now tell me the story behind this one. So this one, so I started, I started going to therapy last year, um, at the beginning of the year. And just through that process, I've kind of realized very self-reflective and, and you learn a lot about yourself. At least I have so far. I've realized that I'm, I'm somebody who, like, I have no problem seeing somebody else and seeing them as being amazing and having all the opportunities in the world and uh, all the positive things coming to them. But when I look at myself, I can see nothing but negative. It's like night and day. And so that that shows up. I'm realizing that shows up in really every relationship in my life um, because I am constantly seeing other everybody else as being perfect. And myself is like, why do they even hang out with me? Um, and so there's this huge contrast in that. And so I wanted to write, kind of write a song. that I didn't mean to write the song. It just kind of happened. And, and just the whole song is just the, that that clash of like, there's no resolve in the song either. Uh, it's, it's kind of just a, you know, question mark song of can, can this work? Can you being so perfect in my eyes actually spend time with me when I'm nothing? That, that's where I came from. Okay. Well, I'm going to mute us and play it that way. Uh, if somebody walks in, cause I'm, as you say, I'm in the studio band slash room and uh, my kids usually walk in every time that I, <laughs> every time I do these, <laughs> So I'll mute us, and uh, when you hear it, just give me a thumbs up that you hear it. Okay. She's got her halo Tangled in my horns Like a rose petal falling down between dirt and thorns 
She's like a savior Innocent and pure I'm a long-lost sinner In the presence of the Lord Can the angel in you Love the devil in me Can fire and holy water Burn like gasoline Can hands that won't touch heaven Hold perfect wings Can the angel in you Love the devil in breath now I'm drowning in a flood she's baptizing me in water but it's filling up my lungs it's harder to tell now who's really in control is she holding me under I am my pool and her can the angel in you love the devil in me? Can fire and holy water burn like gasoline? Can hands that won't touch heaven hold perfect wings? Can the make my notes right here so i have some stuff and you, you hit it it's like yeah. it's very poetic but it's visual at the same time too yeah and that's what i i kind of had the first line i had was the very first one of the song uh she's got her halo tangled in my horns i love that line uh, just, yeah just a picture just kind of a picture of 
of that exact thing of a rose petal falling off and kind of ending up down in the, in the soil. And yeah, I, I tried really hard to not. A lot of times I love to, like I said before, have songs that have resolve or they have a change in the bridge and then it all comes together in the chorus. It's like, oh, that's everything's going to be okay. And this was more of like a, because uh, it's right where I am in the moment. It was not, you're not sure if it's going to work or not. Yeah, and that's what I liked about it. It was a very simple song. Was, there was no yeah. percussion. It's just you and a guitar, and you draw it in. And, and you mentioned it earlier that you don't really have to follow the guidelines of an actual song. And I, th- I think when you don't have theory, it helps you make a song that you can feel more than the f- pattern that people follow. Yeah, and I try to I try to do that. I mean, obviously, you know, everybody's influenced by what they've heard and things like that. But uh, I try to just kind of let it each song just be whatever it's going to be. Not a, It doesn't have to have a bridge. It doesn't have to have a certain amount of verses. We want to do something weird with the chorus or whatever it is. It, it, there are no rules. Um, but now, we don't have to do it on here, but the, the actual studio prefer, uh, version of that song is a night and day difference from what you just heard. That's why I picked that one first. So it's it's one where uh, we kind of went with a, a little more poppier version of it. Um, and so like a dark pop is what we're kind of going for. And so... But it's just one that I feel like, at the same point, the the lyrics get over covered up a little bit sometimes in in uh, production sometimes. So I want to have a stripped down version as well. I, I like the stripped down version, and Patrick said that's the one he was going to pick for the next. Have you heard? Sorry, Patrick, I heard it. So now you pick a different one. <laughs> <laughs> My bad, Patrick. <laughs> he was asking about your song "My Drug." People have, is this, I guess, there's like a question: Is it a love song or a cry for help? Yeah, that's, that's the, I mean, and I love to write songs like that. Like, I don't ever, it's rare that I have a song that probably means what you think it, it's about. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it, it's just never like everyone thinks that the My Drug song is about a specific person. It's really not. It's more just about whatever, it can be anything. It can be actual drugs. It can be addiction to anything. I just, I know I'm the kind of person that, like, when I want to quit something, I usually end up being deeper into it. A month later than I was when I tried to quit. And so I definitely have that addictive side. And music is like that for me as well. I don't know how many times that's actually more what my drug is about than anything is because I don't know how many times I tried to quit playing music. I'm like, you know what? This stresses me out. I play and I think I sound like crap. My voice, I'm like, I get tired of my voice. I hear other people and I'm like, they're so good. I'm just going to quit. Put my guitar down. And then two days later, um, I got a, two days later, I got it back in my hand because I'm stressed out. And so there's been a love-hate relationship with it, but it's always, it's more so because I set unrealistic expectations. Um, yeah. And I compare myself to other people. Hold on. One of my sure. roommates is playing bass real quick and texting uh, No problem. I can't hear it, but I'm hard to hear it anyway. It's funny you <laughs> mentioned about your... As long as it's not coming through, then we're good. Nah, yeah, I just didn't want it to be cutting in. Yeah, I couldn't hear it. It's funny you mentioned about like you 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 get stressed out about your voice. I don't know if you can, you can't really see on my notes here, but one of the questions was, "Do you like to hear yourself sing?" Because I, I always watch people when they hear it. I, I hate to hear myself when I sing. I'm the same way. Yeah. It's like I'm not a very good singer. I, I love songwriting. I can sing enough to to get it by. And that's my right. opinion anyway. So I was going to ask you that. Do you feel uncomfortable when you have to listen to yourself your songs playing back? Not really. Only because I've had to do it so many times um and i've i've just gotten like i've gotten to the point at first i hated it i I felt arrogant i guess sitting and listening to myself it's like oh you think you're so cool (laughs) but but now it's more just like i I, um 
I can tell when it when it sounds like it's supposed to and when it, when I'm off. And so that's what I listen to mostly. Even actually this past weekend, I was hanging out with a bunch of friends and they put uh, a couple of my songs on uh, on the on the surround sound and everything. We're all just sitting there hanging out. And they weren't doing it to be weird. They genuinely just enjoy the song. And But the one, there was a girl sitting to my left. She's like, is this weird for you? And I was like, not really, because I know I know everyone here. I know you're not making fun of me or like doing it to be, I don't know, rude. Because um, sometimes people will do that just to make it awkward and try to make someone feel uncomfortable. They're not actually enjoying the music. Um, but I knew they were just, but I've heard it so many times that I'm kind of numb to it a little bit. Uh, it doesn't really impact me good or bad. I'm just like, I know what this is and I kind of move on. Yeah, see, when I was a kid, I had a speech impediment, so I, I, I'm always, I, I used to hate the way I sound, the way I talked. I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk to nobody. I mean, like this, I forced myself to get out of that comfort zone and talk to guests and get to know them because I know that it makes me better and makes me do more. Same thing with like music. I know I'm not the greatest singer, but I'll sing in front of people and I'll play, and it gets me out of my comfort zone. Right. So that's, that's how I do it. That's the only way I can do it. But I had the same thing, like listening back. It's like, uh, it, it, what you do kind of feel arrogant listening to yourself. It's like Googling yourself. Right. Right. Or I, I don't know, like when I'm listening to, I even feel self-conscious if like right now, or just recently, I just finished recording the next song that I'm going to release. And, you know, I, I like to give it a test on my, my AirPods on Bluetooth speaker, I'll put it in my car speaker, we have like a surround sound. I like to try it on every single one because it'll highlight different things about the song. Right. And I want to make sure that it sounds good on all of them. But so there's sometimes where I'll be driving around listening to a mix of my own song and I'm like, God, God, I hope no one like walks up and hears me just sitting in the car listening to myself. I'm gonna look like <laughs> such an idiot. Uh, but I just feel that I feel more weird about that than anything else. See, my 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 wife she doesn't she gets so tired of my music like she'll hear these the guest and i'll let her hear the songs and like she loved your music she's oh well let me listen to more like with mine she hears it from the very beginning when i'm trying it out and it's not in pitch and it's not key and it's just me messing with it so she's so tired of hearing it she won't even listen to my music yeah oh well and that's the thing once you get into like the the behind the scenes or so much it's like it's it's not as glamorous as it kind of looks because I think a lot of people hear music and they're just like, oh, they went to the studio one day and boom, that's what came out. It's like, no, there's so much work that goes into these things. And and a lot of I'm very careful about who I let hear my ideas at first because there there's no way that I could play something I just wrote on guitar or just came up with for somebody and they're gonna hear it, the vision that I have for it. Right. It's like when I'm when I come up with something like that, I can see I'm like, oh well, this would be cool if you know, it's this or that or whatever the production elements are, how it's going to come to life, not what it is right now. So if I play somebody something brand new and it's not polished at all, a lot of the, they don't see it. So then their feedback isn't going to be accurate. And you can make, you can take their feedback as like an opinion on something that doesn't exist yet. And it can kill an idea from the, right from the beginning. So I usually let my ideas come to life a little bit before I, before I share them with anybody. Yeah, you mentioned that as I think as songwriters, we all have a habit. And that's kind of a game I play with songwriters. Too. I, I'm curious because the way my brain works, songwriters' brains work different. And that's why I tell I'm big on co-writing because you're you live so much life experience, you have so much knowledge that you can kind of do it, kind of direct you in your music. Like I do a lot of heathen right. music. I just that's I grew up, my dad was a biker. I know that life. You know, I, I'm not going to be singing a lot of Christian music. I just don't know the life. I know the life of the outlaw and, and the rebel. So I like to uh, get ideas. So I got a song coming out called Guitar Prayers. 
So I'm going to ask you, if you were to write a song called Guitar Prayers, how would you do it? I'm just curious your your take on it. I'll tell you mine after you, if you want or after. Yeah, okay. So you mean uh, structure-wise or just like how do I go about writing a song? Like the story itself. If you, if you came up with a hook okay. and your hook was Guitar Prayers, what direction mm-hmm. do you think you would go as a songwriter? Just off the top of your head. Top my head, guitar prayers. Uh, I would probably dive it into. I, I don't do well with writing things I don't have experience with, so mm-hmm. I would tie that into mostly probably my probably myself growing up. Um, you know, I use I use music and guitar as therapy basically to deal with things, and so I would probably go the route of being a kid or being someone using this as an outlet, whether it's praying, whether it's a spiritual outlet, whether it's just a release of your, whatever you're feeling, you know, just a, an avenue to, to express yourself. Uh, okay. I would probably come up with some sort of story along, along those lines. Okay. See, I, what I'm doing here is I'm doing like collaboration with a lot of local Georgia artists because that's where I'm at yeah. out of Georgia. So uh, there's a lady uh, named Jana Jennings, great singer songwriter here in Georgia. So she came up and we, co-wrote the song together so my idea for it was okay it's a songwriter song because songwriters to me this is the story of the song songwriters to me you know they always write songs for other people and they have relationships but they have to they always seem to have the the problem of they have to share their hurt and their pain with the world so to me the guitar prayers was okay the the opening line is um if I don't play it, it's weird. If I don't play, it. I can't remember the words. If I don't play the song off the top of my head, but it's uh, three chords and the truth still work, right? Alone, alone in the six string church, three chords and the truth still work. That's how it starts, and it's the church is the stage, and so they're singing their prayers and they're to the prayers of everybody else, and that's how I took guitar prayers in my mind was okay. Let's get it to to them, and that's how they get it out. They can't resolve the issue with the person only way they know how is through music yeah that's beautiful i, I love stuff like that i mean i think that's a that's a good uh good way to go about it yeah yep. you, you had mentioned that like you like to write songs that mean something different yeah <laughs> my son gave me a challenge <laughs> and it's funny it, it's called i see you and he said i want you to write a song about something you know, but it make it sound like it's something else. Like you said, it, you like to write, it's different people. So I wrote a song called I See You and I played it out one time and this lady goes, that's such a good song. Is is that about your wife? And I'm like, God, I hope not because the song itself was about a guy that was so in love. He's crazy. He's got her chained up in the walls, you know, in, in a basement. And it's yeah. it's literally chained to the, It's if you listen to the words, it's like we get like, it's literal. The words are literal what he's doing, you know, chained to the wall and you know, you're you kidnap my heart. It I mean it's it's dark, but people yeah. are like, oh, it's but it's played in a happy tone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love I I I mean most of my songs, I don't know, there's really none. I released one last year called Grace. It's a wedding song, which is not like I didn't write it for it just kind of came up and i wrote it with a, a buddy of mine and we just kind of ironed it out put it out that's the only one that isn't like probably intertwined with me as a person like i they just but so i like to i don't want the song to be so specific that somebody hears it and they can't they can't fully adapt it into their own world um so i like to keep it generic enough to where it paints a good picture but they can also apply it to whatever situation they're in 
And so, yeah, like I have one called uh, Tornado. It's it's an older one. I think I released it back in 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it sounds like a breakup song, but it's an extra song just about uh, my dad and my relationship with him and stuff like that. So there's, but no one would ever get that because I don't, you don't say it, you know, but I like to let people use their own imagination. Okay. Uh, well, listen to yeah. another one of your songs. Which one do you want to do next? Okay. Um, what, what, what feel do you want? Do you want, the last one was a more somber, more darker one. Do you want a little more upbeat this time? Do you want even sadder? Do you want is... my only option? Sad or less sad? <laughs> uh, Patrick said Grace. Is that a is that one of your songs, Grace? That's, that's the wedding song that I put out last year. Okay. Yep. Let me I was like, why is this not working? There it goes, because I had to hit share. <laughs> oh, so that's the wedding song, Grace. Okay. Yeah. It's the wedding one, yep. Is there a story behind that or not really? And so I mean you can do this one if you want. I don't really have a backstory for it. I'm trying okay. to do it one way I have more. Well we'll let him choose, Patrick. <laughs> you could do um have you heard whiskey and wine? I have not. That's fine. Okay. Um, um yeah, let's do let's do whiskey and wine. Okay. Yeah, this is all your discography, so I can pull up any one of your songs that's on Spotify. Should be a piano a piano version, uh Actually, bottom right down there, that one with the whiskey glass. Yep. The the single? Okay. Yeah. And so I, I released this. This was one of the, first, I mean, I probably released this one in 2013 or 2014. Um, but this was, so I actually started out doing, um, I started doing Christian music at first. I was I was playing at just like churches and just kind of helping raise money for mission trips and stuff like that, just while I was in college. And that was the only avenue that I really had. And, you know, I did that for a while. And then I, I had, I wrote this song, Whiskey and Wine, after I watched the movie Walk the Line, Johnny Cash and Jim Carter. And, okay. and you kind of see you kind of see that Johnny Cash a little bit of a wild man, to put it mildly. Like he would go off the off the rails pretty consistently. And June kind of had to reel it in a lot. And in relationships of all kinds, uh, I tend to be much more like the Johnnies and the Junes. And so I had written the song just after watching that movie, um, but I was still in the Christian market, technically, or whatever that means. And, uh, and I released it and I got so much just not, it wasn't hate, but just like passive aggressive dis- dislike. Um, but it was, it was really healthy for me because then, then I just started writing. I kind of just said, I'm not worried about any genres or labels or whatever like that. I'm just going to start making whatever music comes out and if people don't like it, that's fine. Um, but so this was the first step in that direction. Okay. And so I'm going to listen I'm going to mute us and just give me a thumbs up when you're Oh, oh. 
come just like midnight Or you're at noon Oh, I'm a little more Johnny You're a little more June So I'm a little more whiskey And you're a little more wine I lose my patience Get better with time So when I'm cold like November You're warm like spring When I lose my temper You're as calm as a breeze Well, I'm a little more rebel Like midnight When you're high noon Oh, I'm a little more Johnny You're a little more Who's singing with you? Uh, her name is <clears throat> Megan Francis. She's she lives in Ohio. Okay. Um, she's uh, she's in a band called Sugar Creek up there, and so we. Uh, that's another one where I had to produce version out early, and then wanted to just kind of give the song. You know, as as I get older, or like if I release a song, even if I release a song this year by twenty twenty seven, it's like God, that song was still. I still believe in that song. I want to give it a, a chance. You know, just another little rebirth, I guess. Mm-hmm. So. We did that one, and she she does a great job. So I asked her to be on it, and she was more than more than willing to do it. It was awesome. I love the the back and forth thing that that you do with it. It it, it plays off each other. Like when you when you about up, and then you look down, and you know it's I love yeah. that. It's clever. Yeah, and, and 
and that's the whole the whole contract and that's one that's a little different because like i just do three verses in that uh, there's no bridge um and but just as, as i was writing it i just had all these contrast things i really like the flow of this but uh, i actually scrapped it for a while because I, I had the song pretty much done and then but like i said i was still playing at churches and stuff like that and i played it at this festival and the guy that had booked me at the church for the next day was there and i played it and after i played it his thing he was like he asked for a meeting with me that night after i got to plan at like 8 p.m or whatever mm-hmm. so we go back into his office he's like uh you need to scrap the song you need to scrap your new album and you need to hire me as your life coach that's what <laughs> i swear to god that's what he that's what he told me and i was i remember just being like Okay, um, I, I, I'll listen to anybody. Like, if someone has an idea or an opinion, or a, if you know somebody wants to tell me that I'm wrong about something, please tell me, and I'll I'll listen. And I'll think about it. So I took three days. I was like, all right, I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna think about all this stuff. Thought about it. Emailed him back three days later. I was like, man, I appreciate your your insight, but I'm not changing anything, and, and I'm not pitching the song. Blah blah blah. I sent this big long thing just explaining to him that you know I believe that art is. If it's not honest, it's not going to be authentic or real. It's just going to be a, a watered down version of whatever it is. And, and I'm not going to do that. And then he didn't respond for a few days. And his only follow up email said, Do you still want me to be your life coach? Question mark. <laughs> oh, I don't. Right. That's all you got to. I need to be your yeah, life coach. Just what you tell him, right? I need yeah. to be your life coach. <laughs> it was just so weird and uncomfortable. And, uh, and it was just kind of the last straw of me being like, All right, I'm not. Because I, I, I can be, I can worry too much about what other people think about me and things like that. And so that was a good, a good lesson for me to be like, okay, I wanted this guy to like my music and, and, you know, recommend me to play and stuff like that. But now I was like, man, I don't need any of this. I'm, I'm good. I'm just going to go on my own way. I'm glad you said that because I think songwriters, especially starting out, have that same problem is they're so worried about the likes or the follows or that somebody won't like them. And, it, honestly, it doesn't matter. Like you said, you learn as you get older and, you, and like I said, you just figure it out, but you got to understand that people have opinions. That's fine. They can have their opinion. They can think whatever the hell they want to. It doesn't matter. I know we had um, my wife, big church goer. I don't go to church because I'm the heathen side. I just, I stay away. Not that I don't believe. It's just that I don't need right. to go to another house for God to be in my life. That's how I figure yeah. it. That's how I look at it. And so she wanted them to come talk to her. So that's fine. Go right ahead. I'll, I'll be in the kitchen. So I'm the house, my house where it's set up is the kitchen's open. So I can see them in the living room talking, right? So I'm doing the dishes while they're talking and I'm kind of listening to them. And apparently it pissed them off that I didn't stop what I was doing and sit down with them. So they're over at the church. And the only way I know this happened is because at the time my mom had a roommate and he was, he went to the church. He went over to the church yeah. And he came back and said, they were talking about Jesse. And I'm like, what? Why? He said, yeah, they were just bad-mouthing him. And I'm like, okay. And that, that's my point about church, you know? <laughs> right. So right. whatever. I, I, I really don't care. I, I grew up, I don't care. I've got to the point that if you like it, great. And like I said, your music is, I love your music. And it's it's funny that I'm sitting here listening to it. I'm, I got headphones on, so I can probably hear it a little bit better than maybe Patrick can. Um, it's so simple there's not, not a lot of percussion in, in the songs i've heard so far and it's i like the poetic way that you you do it it's kind of rock vibe yeah. but i like it yeah and so there's and that's what i like to i like to do that kind of stuff like i love i think the best songs are the ones that you can rip everything away 
and whether it's just a vocal and a piano or a guitar or whatever, and it's still going to be as impactful because then all the all the everything you add on is just to enhance an already so, uh, solid song. It's not because I hear a lot of songs where it's like if the production wasn't as good as it is, the song is not. It's not going to hold up on its own, and so um, we definitely have have stick to the strip the more strip side. I do have a few uh, that. Um, are much more intricate and a little more uh, more fun. I guess not fun, but just more uh, moving a little bit. But yeah, those are those are two. Those, so far, the ones we played are the more poetic, deeper songs. I've got your challenge song. We talked about it earlier. I've, I've been trying to think about it. It's like, okay, what can I what can I do? Because I want to take a genre that you normally don't do. And I mean, it's I always kind of tend to eighties, but I was like, okay, let's go Charlie Daniels. But let's okay. go to Legend of Wooly Swamp. Okay. There's, there's no time limit, right? No time limit. You just do it whenever you get it. Let me know. It's Jesse, I got it. Here it is. You can yep. post on TikTok. Just tag the Georgia Songbirds or send it to me and I'll yep. post it. Um, that's all I got to do. So that's... I would that. love, love to hear like your take yeah. on it. One of, one of my friends... Actually, so I'm doing... I'm working with a, uh, a label here in Nashville to do these uh, these cover songs. I've released closer and there's three more to come throughout mm-hmm. the, the next few months. And uh, so that before that, I would just do covers for fun, just for TikTok and social media or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, but now that I know that I'm going to be recording them and, and releasing some, uh, it, I'm always kind of thinking it could be the next, it could be a really cool one to do because these the ones we're doing now are, are more like the ones we've heard so far. They're going to be more emotional and slowed down. But I do, I love to do some uh, more swampy, bluesy type stuff and make things just a little different. And so I'm down. I'm I'm absolutely down. I, I love them. See, that's why I said earlier. I don't. I don't like covers and and the general rule because when I'm playing, I want to play my music. I never learned to play. Like I said, I took the chord progressions from songs, but I wrote my music. I've, I never really learned to do covers until we started. Yes, ma'am, the band. Right. So that's when I had to do covers. And yeah. so I was like, well, I can't do. I, I'll never be able to do it justice. I'm not a great singer. So let's take it and slow it down. I think the first song I ever did that with was "Mother" by Danzig. I slowed okay. it down and I made it mine. Yeah. And then we did uh, When Doves Cry. And uh, Jordan, yeah. who my bassist, tries to get me every time we play it out. I'm doing it. And in the middle, he goes, Ka-ka! and it's like, I'm trying not to laugh. <laughs> he gives me sometimes and I will just completely lose it. I'm like, fuck, I lost the whole thing. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love stuff like that, though. Like the kind of the inside jokes that you can have with people when you're playing is, mm-hmm. is, uh, I swear, I, no one ever calls me, and then the minute I do something like this, <laughs> right? Everyone's trying to hold me. But yeah, I love stuff like that, and I'm the same. I grew up, like I said, just figuring it out on my own, and um, now you know I've taken that, and I'll just mess around guitar. And if I hear something, like if I'm playing a chord progression, I'm like, oh, that kind of sounds like like just the other day I was playing something, and and I found I could do uh, BG staying alive in this like kind of like a swampy version of it, mm-hmm. and so I mean, and I might I might actually do that at some point in the near future. But um, it just it can give the song a different meaning, and, it, and then I don't feel like you're trying to compete with the original because no one's going to top the original of any song most likely. Uh, it, the original is a special thing, but if you can take it and change and just make it your own, then I feel like it becomes more of a. Um, not that those songs need much help being listened to, but it, it's a new life and a different view that someone might hear it and they would have never listened to it or they were tired of the original and then they hear this version like, oh, that's actually, I really like this song. Um, I think it can be more of a compliment than a competition. Uh, so, 
Have Maybe. you seen that mash? You mentioned the BG. Did you see that mashup that they did with the BGs and ACDC? Where they did like no, back in black I'm with stay. Oh my god! It's they took the the stand the back in black from the uh, from ACDC and they put the BGs over it, and it 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 works so so uh, so hilarious. I mean, you have to, I have to send that to you that yeah, so you can see it. It's it's yeah. that's the first one I ever saw. I love some of those. I actually follow a few. I don't follow. I just see them on TikTok. Accounts that that's all they do is these mashups that you would not think would ever work, mm-hmm. and some of them are insanely good. Some of them aren't, but but there's some I hear and I'm like, man, that is <laughs> that's amazing. Like it did the way they come together, it's like mm-hmm. I don't know how this this worked that well, um, but I, I love stuff like that. Yeah, I I want to I want to figure it out. I think they got some kind of DJ stuff where they like strip the the. They just got to get the beats per minute, I guess, close enough, but they can strip the vocals out and the instrumental and, and mix from another song and mix them somehow. Yeah, and then kind of pick and choose when you want to who you want to be taking the lead there. But that that's cool. I love, I love that stuff. I bet it would take me so probably hours to figure out. <laughs> probably, probably. Oh, it'd take you less time than with me. I wouldn't have a I wouldn't have a clue how to do that. I I don't either. I only pretend I know how to do this shit. I'm I'm really lost yeah. in it. <laughs> hey, that's somebody the other day was talking to me about. They're asking about guitar, uh, just how long I've been playing and all this stuff. And I was like, I'm going to be very honest. I played for a long time. Never in that long time that I think that I knew what I was doing. It's still, I just kind of, I'm very comfortable with what I do. And I know that I've put a lot of time into it. But as far as like a technical way or that's like, I'm just doing what everyone else is doing. I'm just trying to figure it out and mm-hmm. pretend like I know what I'm doing. And that's it. See, I'm, I'm glad you said that. I, I literally do like a 20 question thing. I'm going to kind of mix them in so Patrick can get his questions here at the end. But yeah. uh, what's some, what's, probably the best advice you could give songwriters that are maybe starting out and trying to trying to do what you do and play out and get a yeah, career out of it. Uh, I would say if you're if you're just starting out, I would take every opportunity that you can to play because you're gonna you're gonna mess up. You're gonna be uncomfortable. It's gonna be awkward at times. Uh, but I think that having those situations where you're kind of in uncomfortable places really really makes you stronger as a song artist especially performance wise get out and play as much as you can songwriting wise kind of the same just write a bunch get used to writing songs and whether it's with somebody or not with somebody i'm i've spent my whole life pretty much just isolated songwriting wise so i'm i'm just now trying to be comfortable co-writing because i'm so comfortable writing by myself that when i get into a room with other people that i don't know that well i tense up and then I'm going to, I think, oh, they're going to think I'm not actually that good, or they're going to, I'm going to say a line, they're going to think it's stupid, or get that out of the way. Once you can get past those feelings of like insecurity and um, things like that, then it frees you up to just be natural and be comfortable and, and have a good time. Right. And I like awesome. I said, I love co writing. If you ever want to co write, I'm down, brother. I'll, yeah. I'd be more than happy to do it. I tell everybody that, that comes on the show and that, that's, that I play out with is, Co-writing sometimes it doesn't work. That's fine, but it's you. You need a different point of view. Like I said, we have different points of our life, and that's why, like I said, the song coming out where it works it, because you take a different view, right? And yep. if you don't, I know when they first start out, and some people even farther down the line, it's like, okay, this is my baby. I can't, I can't share it with nobody else. Right. I get that. I get that. Yeah, and and I can I can be both. It's like what I what I usually don't do. Like if I have an idea. That I'm, I feel very connected to. Um, I probably am not going to bring that into a write unless I'm, I've, I've kind of hit a stalemate with it. If right. like 
um, there have been a few songs. Actually, there's one song called uh, The Way I Am that I had. I had pieces of it, and I had pieces of it for like a year, and I kept messing with it, and I just couldn't. It never really just blossomed at all. And so I had to co-write with a couple of buddies and I said, hey, I've been messing with this idea. And as soon as I told them about it and played a little bit, we finished that song in 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I love it, and I was super proud of it. And But it's like if I would have just been stubborn with it and held on to it, I may never finish that song ever. Um, and then there are other times where it's like songs just kind of fall out. It's like uh, this is just waiting to happen, um, and so kind of the same thing as tune as anything uh, other stuff with guitar. I don't feel like there's no real rules in songwriting either. It's it happens differently every time for me, and I think that's why I like it so much is because it's not predictable at all. I had somebody tell me one time that oh, if you haven't worked on a song in two years, let it go. I'm like you're crazy. I've got a song literally that I've got. I've been working on. How long have I been married? I got married six, seven, oh eight. So I remember the date. My wife, that's, she helped me out, so I wouldn't forget. So was that fourteen years? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, a song I've been working on for fourteen years. It because it reminded me of on our honeymoon we went to Cancun, and we were on oh, the nice. s- sailboat, and a guy was playing saxophone. And I love saxophone. I'll drop my panties for saxophone every day. I, I just yeah. will. And yeah. that's why when Jordan plays saxophone in our band, like, ooh, I'm sitting, I'm mesmerized. But I said, yeah. I got this idea for a song. All right. And I can't figure it out still, but I got the general idea. It's called Sax in the City. And it's a date oh, night nice. song. And it's going to be yeah. saxophone and everything. I just, you know, story wise, I'm like, I'm stuck. I'm like, where do I go now? But I'm happy I can't write happy songs. Damn it. <laughs> oh, I, I'm the worst with, with happy songs. That's that's literally my kryptonite. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I totally I totally get that. that. I like that. First of all, I like that. It's clever. Um, that's a clever setup there. Um, yeah, I can't really do, I just struggle with, with happy songs, but I, I'm on your side with, I don't think there's a time limit um, because sometimes they just take a while to come out. And then, yeah, there, there's the side of like, if you're not working, like, if, like I have a song called, oh, it's, I'm probably going to release it. I mean, it's over recording yet, but probably release it this year. The plan is uh, probably be the next single or the one after that. And uh, it's, it's a, it's basically like if I were to tell my own life story from start to finish, you know, born here, Grew up here, went here, died here. This is the whole. I want the whole thing to be in there, and I had to. I had the melody and the verses down, done within two hours. Of course, I just can never get to a powerful enough chorus to really tie into what I was going to do. And I'm not. I've probably been working on that song for five years, four or five years. And I just finally reached out to a, a buddy of mine, uh, Sam Bro. I don't know if you if you know him or have heard of his music. Patrick might know his stuff but he's a great country artist and i reached out to him because it's kind of in his realm and and went over to his house and we finished it within same thing as the other ones we finished it within 30 minutes mm-hmm. uh and sometimes just having somebody else there to, to just like you said a different point of view and he said a couple things and before you know it the course was done and i was like damn we just it's done like i've been working this for four years and then you just <laughs> finished it in 30 minutes so it could be a good thing for sure but yeah I, i'm not i don't think there's a time limit just whatever feels good Right, because if you're pitching your songs, like you're the artist and you do your stuff, but if you're pitching the songs, there's no time limit at when it gets pitched. Like if you write a song, okay, well, two years later, I'm not going to pitch that song anymore. Uh, yeah, that's a damn lie because you are. You're going to pitch it as long as somebody take it. Yeah, oh, of course. And if you have, like, I would much rather spend two years on a song. Not that you need to spend that long, but like if, if you just are really stuck and you're making slow progress, let the let it be slow progress. You don't need to just be like, oh, well, I started writing this in July and it's September. So now I'm just going to, I'm just going to finish it. Whatever happens, happens. I'm like, well, you could have 
significantly hurt the song by not letting it kind of come out the way it was supposed to. Um, and not that it won't be good still, but it could have probably been better if you were just patient with it. At least that, that's my viewpoint on it. And and you mentioned earlier, you grow as a songwriter, so that maybe you're stuck because you just don't have the skill yet to finish that song. Yeah, and, and I'm weird. I'm, I'm kind of weird about songs as far as like, I think a lot of the most powerful ones are, are from personal experience. And sometimes it's like it takes you going through something that you haven't experienced yet too to really connect to a song um, or at least see it from a different point of view and then helps you breathe more life into it. If it's about something you've experienced or you haven't yet and the next year you go through something it's like oh damn this was right up my alley and now i have all this um experience to put into the song as well it's going to be more powerful than just kind of a lip service song yeah absolutely we'll listen to one more song of yours and then we'll get into the little okay. q a for patrick because he's like he's asleep over patrick are you sleeping don't sleep you're fired <laughs> <laughs> he's resting up for the q a that's just right prepared for he's making he's making notes he's got his own own so i'm gonna share the screen and uh you tell me what song you want to do for your last one and of course like i said with uh what did i do there it goes there we go. uh, okay. i say for this so we've done pretty pretty all the most of the chill stuff so far let's go with the way i am the way i am can you guys see this because I, I can't see you anymore i can see it okay then it's it just that i missed okay the way i am all right there it goes this is why I edit this stuff down. So like I said, I record all the audio yeah, and then I'll do it. So we're going to do the, tell me the story of the way I am. And I'm going to figure out how to do this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the, the way I am is one that uh, my mom, she used to always, she, she will ask me to write her song sometimes. And it's, I did write her the one song I mentioned earlier about the weird tuning, uh, but I didn't release that song. I just put it on YouTube so that she could have it. I either did that for mother's day or for her birthday. And, uh, but she always referenced that I have written songs for people in the past and I haven't, haven't done one for her. And so kind of the idea was she's a, my mom's a big warrior. And, um, and so I, she's always, she's not, she's the most relaxed mom of all time. Like there's nothing that I couldn't talk to her about or bring up. Um, but she is a big warrior. And so this is the song kind of saying, I know you're worrying and you want me to, relax in some areas uh, but i'm not quite ready to do that yet uh, i wrote that, this one with trent Harmon and stephen nix this is one of the few co-writes that i have out i'm gonna mute us and again i said just uh give me a thumbs up in here okay i might have to find a different way because it's not one of spotify's acting up oh, so let's let's do this uh i'm gonna pull up youtube because i'm sure it's on youtube if i if yeah, i like a topic yep the way i am not Marilyn Manson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> much different, much different version. There it goes. So click on that. Unmute us. So me when you hear it. If I keep living my life this way But this beer ain't gonna drink itself God knows I've been drinking for days Lord saved my soul when I was ten years old I got lost along the way I'm gonna straighten up and find my way 
Chevrolet too damn fast Buy me a jug of the finest wine Play my guitar way too loud Stay up all night and watch the sun come up Just because I can Tomorrow wake up and do the same old thing as I am The way I am There was a time when she was mine But like everything else she's gone Chevrolet too damn fast Buy me a jug of the finest wine And my guitar way too loud Stay up all night and watch the sun come up Just because I can Tomorrow I wake up and do the same old thing as I am The way I am My Chevrolet too damn fast Buy me a jug of the finest wine Play my guitar way too loud Stay up all night and watch the sun come up Just because I can Tomorrow I wake up and do the same old thing as I am The way I am Tomorrow I wake up and do the same old thing as I am The way I am Yes, Patrick, way to go. I, I normally would delete that out, but that was too damn funny. Oh, that was hilarious. I was laughing so hard. I was, I was trying to say, that's not the intro. That is not the intro. <laughs> yes, it is. Don't let him fool you. That's Anthony's intro. To it. If it's not, it's going to be you now from now on. <laughs> Magic Mossberg intro. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. That's a funny moment. I'm, I'm glad I'm keeping that. That's, I, as I said, if I did, if I had somebody like, I want to do this. Patrick gave me the idea by wanting to come in of doing a like a Patreon thing where people come in and guess and they ask questions because you never know what's going to happen. It's like playing out. We went played right. at a bar and they said we were a Charlie Daniels cover band. We know one song of Charlie Daniels, <laughs> but we played it. Uh, played it for three hours straight. Yeah, mm-hmm. that stuff would make me, that'd make me nervous. Oh. I would not be able to pull that off very well. No, but you you mentioned it's funny you said that when I went to. Uh, Years ago, I don't know if you remember the Colgate Challenge stuff they used to have. I don't know if they have that in Ohio. It was kind of like a, it's like a songwriter. It's kind of like songwriters for, it's like Star Search for songwriters almost, right? So Brad Paisley, stuff like that, they all came from, they did that stuff. So there's a local bar that used to be here in Georgia called Cowboys. And it was like Electric Cowboy. Well, that's where they held the Colgate Challenge. So I'm okay, I'm going to go play uh, my song, get one song, and then it's critiqued by the owners and everybody else. Well, I get yeah. there and the building catches on fire. 
So like, okay, well then I'm going to Panama City with a family. We all took the family to Panama City, and I end up going to uh, Pineapple Willie's. And my favorite drink is uh, Lynchburg lemonades, Jack Daniels, and non triple sec. It's a uh, sweet and sour. It's really good. And so I'm drinking this. I mean, it's probably as big as this damn microphone. I'm drinking the whole thing, and I'm I'm tipsy. I'm I'm getting tipsy. And so I, I almost fall off the balcony, and my my Gibson guitar caught me, and I've got a scar on the guitar because of where it hit the rail. So I didn't fall over. I'm like, I'm going to the beach. So I don't, if I fall, yeah. it doesn't hurt. So I went to the beach and I took my guitar with me and I'm playing it. Cause I've always, that's one of the things I've always wanted to do is play on the beach. I don't know why it's just, I want to take guitar on the beach. I want to play. There's like a bucket list thing I always wanted to do. And my, my oldest son, he was probably 10 at the time. And he came to me, he was worried about me. So I'm okay, son, we'll go back. So I started walking back and these people saw that had a guitar. And you know, if you got a guitar and you're out in public, they're always going to ask you to play. Sure. So they they brought me over to the poolside and they gave me Lynchburgs for like two hours, but I was so drunk I only remembered one song and I played that one song for two hours straight, <laughs> and nobody cared. They loved it. As long as they're as drunk as you, you're golden. Yes, that's that. If, if you're the only drunk one, then it usually gets a little gets a little weird. Right. I'm surprised I could play the, the the guitar. Oh. I mean, I, that's one thing. A lot of my, I have some buddies that will they'll get they'll drink, you know, three hours and then go do a show. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. I get I forget the words. I forget the chords. My voice feels like I can't. I'm not as much control. So I've just pretty much avoided it altogether. I don't. I won't drink or anything until after I'm done, just to just to be sure, because I get sloppy. <laughs> now, do you have any like weird rituals? Like, do you go before you sing? Not really. I usually just try to avoid. I don't eat much before I sing and I won't really drink much but water. Okay. Um, just just for like the hour to hour and a half beforehand. Um, just because I've, I had the early on when I started, I uh, I made the mistake of drinking a big glass of milk and then going to sing immediately after that. <laughs> and it was like I'd never sang before in my life. Like uh, people were just looking at me weird. I went to hit this big note or not a big, for me it was a, a longer note and I I go to hit it and it's just like, ah, and my voice just cut off. And I try to play through it. It was the most uncomfortable thing of all time. So I just scared myself. So I was like, okay, just water. And then I kind of look at it as a reward. Once I get through the show, whatever it is, then I can have some drinks and chill out. See, I can drink beer when I play, but I can't drink liquor. If I drink liquor, it will mess me up. Afterwards, yeah, yeah I can drink, but I can't drink. I, I just had to drink beer and it's usually like a PBR. I'm just something that I'm having on the side of the stage and I'm playing. I can walk over to it and say hi to the people there and drink my beer and go on out my way. Yeah. No, that's, I, I just, I switched. I used to drink, drink more beer. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> I used to drink more. I'm just literally, everyone is calling me. <clears throat> um, I used to drink more beer. And then a couple of years ago, I just switched to straight. Jack and ginger ale is my is my go to now. Whiskey, and not just Jack. Whiskey ginger ale is my uh, my thing now. So, but even that, I'll just I kind of just wait till the end, and then that way I can just unwind, pack up my guitar. Once I get my guitar home, then I'm I'm free. I'm good to go. I kind of treat that thing like my my child because uh, I left it in the car one time in the summer in West Virginia and absolutely ruined it. Um, so I will never make that mistake ever again. You just said that made me think of a song. I'm gonna have to write a song called Jack and Ginger now. <laughs> well, it's, go for it. And I will I will listen to it every day because that is my <laughs> that is my go-to. It's just so good. It's dangerously good. <laughs> well, Anthony, I wanna I wanna thank you, brother, for coming on the show. I've had a, so much fun. 
Me too. Thanks for having me. This has been this has been a blast. And we got the Q and A with Patrick. But before we get into yeah. that, tell everybody where they can find you, all your social media, anything like that you got going on. Yeah, uh, I'm on all all of the things: uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Um, just under my my name, Anthony Mossberg, M O S S B U R G. Should be very easy to find. I have my website is just anthonymossberg.com. And uh, yeah, I had a song come out last week, and then I'll have another one coming out next month. And uh, and I put a try to put out a lot of stuff this month. So. Okay. And doing that. I'll put it on, uh, like I said, I do the, the podcast. I have the weekly top 10 countdown. Uh, it's kind of fan-based, but it's really fun just kind of to get everybody's name out there. Uh, so even when your song comes out, I'll put it, when when the episode comes out, I'll put a song in the countdown for you. I know you're busy, you probably don't have time to vote. That's fine. It's just more for to get out there. Uh, but I also started a radio station when you're, I'll start putting your new music on there too. Uh, and yeah. it's in the regular rotation. It's an online station. I went with a uh, live 365, so they because they pay the songwriters, so that's oh, why awesome. I, that's why I do it. Um, so yeah. we'll we'll keep sending it because I love your music, brother. It's really really good. I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I got a, I got a new one almost. Well, we'll come out next month, but I, once we get that all ready and everything, I'll, I'll send it over to you. And get your feedback. Absolutely, and I will. Uh, I'll send you that video, that YouTube video of the BGS and ACDC. Please and I do. Said, I love that stuff. Whenever you want to co-write, brother, reach out. I'll be more than happy to to do it. And we can yeah, do a Zoom, absolutely. or I'm in Nashville on the 25th of March. I'm playing at the Smokehouse. So, oh, awesome! Anytime, just let me know. Well, worst case, I'll come check out your check out your set. Absolutely. All right, everybody. This is going to be a new feature. We're going to try. We're going to see how this works. So Patrick and Anthony are my guinea pigs. And you already see the YouTube thing <laughs> happen. So <laughs> that's, and I'm going to leave it. Normally I'd cut stuff like that, but I'm going to leave that. <laughs> that's going to, that's a great clip. So we're going to do a little Q&A thing at the end. Normally I do 20 questions, but I thought, okay, so future episodes, then what we'll do is uh, I'll tell people when I'm, because I'm recording probably four days a week of, of interviews. It's just, it's, yeah. it's gotten crazy. And I'm like, great but I got to do this time. <laughs> so, right, right, and right. they'll can come on and ask because the fans want to know more than, than what I'll probably ask. We'll talk about, we got into football and we got into other stuff. So yeah. let me get a fan question. So I'm, all right, Patrick, you may unmute, sir, and do your Thanks, Q&A sir. now. Take it away, Patrick. All right, buddy. Hey, um, Anthony, what's going on, bud? Not much, man. How you doing? Pretty good, man. I'm, I'm telling you, I've been a fan for a year, like I said before. Um, so, you know, I, I did a lot of, a little bit of research before we came on here. Um, and, you don't like, do that for Have You Heard. <laughs> you, what? you don't do that for Have You Heard. No, I don't do that for Have You Heard because most of the songs I already know in the back of my head. So, um, but one of the things that I, I really think is awesome for you, Anthony, is you, you, you made the comment of what can't be written or voiced in words can be felt in music, you know? And, yeah. and I, I, that is complete truth because I was, uh, listening to your version of hallelujah right yeah and i've listened to many many versions of hallelujah and you can take my man card away if you want to but i bawled my eyes out you know what i yeah. mean because yeah. it was just your version is just so powerful and emotional just like my drug and all the all your songs you know yeah. um shoot i even cried at the song for about your mom i mean that was an amazing oh, yeah. song like thank you you know um but you know it's just when the first time i heard you with my drug i was just i like to just peruse like less known artists i guess would be a good way to say it 
and your name popped up and I, I listened to my drug and I fell in love, man. I really did. So, um, and I know you were saying earlier, like you start off in like the Christian, you know, genre. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad you kind of got out of that. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm a church going man. I volunteer at my church every every other Sunday, but I'm with you. It's like you, I'm in a men's group too. And if I listen, if I tell them some of the music I listen to, you can see they're judging me. Like, get some eyebrows. yeah, like it's like. So wait, you, you believe in God, but yet you listen to a song about you know, drugs or alcohol or something, you know, and it's just, uh, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, but real quick, before I go any further, my daughter and I like to peruse throughout a lot of different p- songs and people. And we both actually found my drug at the same time. And oh, she's awesome. a huge fan of yours too. She's 12 years old. Her name is Lily. And she would like to say hello if that's all right. Of course. Hi, Lily. <laughs> <laughs> she she's blown away right now because when I told her I was gonna get to see and talk to you, she was just blown away. So that was a blur, uh-huh. Patrick. I lost. I was a blur. I saw her wave on my side, and then it went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what she did. She just she waved and like jumped off the bed and was like, "Okay, I'm out." Um. So I, I sent this to to Jesse. You know, you you were talking about earlier how sometimes you just put the, the guitar down, you know, and, and you just like, I'm done, you know? And personally, man, if you did that, it would be like Tom McLean once said, it's the day the music died because yeah. your music has actually helped me through a lot of hard times, you know, um, just overall. Yeah. Um, so please don't do that. <laughs> I, I, I won't. And it's, it's more of, I haven't done it. I mean, I can't say I haven't done it for a little while but it's more just it's such a hard thing to want to stay i like to keep my music pure and not worry about likes and if it does well online or people like it or don't like it but the more the more it becomes my career the more those things creep in and it's easy to get frustrated when things it's like because i put so much time into everything i do and really up until this past year nobody really I don't want to say nobody listened, but I've just been kind of working. And my mindset is that I'm going to do this. If even if nobody listens ever again, I still want to put the same amount of effort into my music. Maybe nobody hears my music for another, my music for another hundred years or whatever the case may be. I still want my music to be a true representation of me, but it can be very frustrating at the same point. Um, And so there's just times where I'm like, you know, and the more you listen to, like if I'm editing a song, the more times I have to listen to that song, the more I'm just like, I don't want to hear my voice anymore. I don't want to hear the song anymore. I got to, I got to take a break and get away from it. Um, but for me growing up, I would, one of my things I would do is I would just kind of lock myself in my room and listen to music as, as I didn't realize it at the time, but as like a, as a, a, a version of therapy or help, it's like I'm going through stuff and I don't know how to deal with it. But I know that when I lock myself in my room and crank up Fleetwood Mac, feel better for a little while. And yeah. so if I can, so I think that that's kind of my, circle goal is that I want to create music that if somebody's having a hard time that they can put their headphones on crank up lock their door and just disappear for three minutes and feel better for a little while that's the ultimate goal so I appreciate you guys listening uh, and knowing that you, you take it seriously and listen means, means a lot to me really does yeah I mean honestly your, your music is is it's 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 different it's great. Yeah. Like like you and Jesse both said, it's poetic. It's just it's beautiful music. 
You know, I, I loved whiskey and wine. I love all your, I, I've listened to literally all your songs, all your covers, everything. And I can never get enough. I just want to keep going over and over and stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so besides, um, I know, I'm sure was Johnny Cash a big, like a big person in your life, big influence? Uh, it was more of the, <clears throat> more of his personality and life, more so than his music. Like, obviously I've heard a good bit of Johnny Cash. I've never really, but outside of when I was writing that song, uh, he was maybe a top 20 artist that I would listen to in my, my spectrum of, of listening. It was more just his, his way of life of just kind of like he's going to do whatever he's going to do uh he might be in the rock and he might be in the rock thing here he might be in the country thing here he might be in the gospel thing here he might you know he just he was i felt like he did a good job of just being himself regardless of how well that went for him at times uh and i was more drawn to that than the music so i still am a big fan of his music but he wasn't uh musically wouldn't i wouldn't consider him a huge inspiration to other than his honesty um that I wouldn't consider musically a, a huge influence. So who who would you say is your biggest influence in music? That's really hard. Um, I, I, I like to listen to some, some weird music. Not weird music. Just Sinead O'Connor. Sinead O'Connor. Oh, it's... Ah. So I, I grew up... My favorite... The first album I remember like loving and, and diving into was the Fleetwood Mac Rumors album. My okay. entire fifth and sixth grade, that's all I listened to. There's nothing but that album. And then it went from that to grew up in country in southeastern Ohio. 90s country was all that was listened to at the time there. So then I went pretty heavy country. And then when I got into high school, I started playing football. I started diving into every genre possible. I mean, rap, hip hop, uh, rock, metal. I mean, just try to just find different things. And what I kind of settled on was when you take these heavy rock songs and strip them down acoustic. I love that kind of stuff when you can hear the emotion in, in a big song. Um, and so I don't know that one artist necessarily has taken the, the trophy as the lead. It's more just any artist who, who you listen to their music and you can, you can feel that it's, it's real. It's not just like, Oh, we put 19 people in a room and came up with these 10 songs that the radio says they're going to be good. It's like, no, this was a dude who just went through a divorce, who wrote these songs, or somebody going through something, those kinds of songs are the albums that have impacted me. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of, like obviously yours, but also people like State of Mind. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Um, they, they're they a no-name heavy metal band. They yeah. did a cover of The Thunder Rolls from Garth Brooks. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge fan also of a band called No Resolve. Okay. Uh, they've done multiple covers, um, and then Small Town Titans is another band that I'm absolutely in love with. Um, matter of fact, you probably have you seen the newest Grinch movie, the cartoon one, the newest one? I did, yeah, I did see that one. So you know the song "You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch" in that in the movie. They actually sang that song. That's their claim to fame right now. But that's all they they're known for. But they right. do a lot of great covers too. But you know, I, I'm I'm you know small people like yourself and No Resolve and. Right. I just I wish there was a platform where we could just blast you and just get you out there. The Georgia you know? Songbirds. Georgia Songbirds all the way, baby. Um, but matter of fact, Anthony, one time I was coming home late from work or my men's group or something, and 
I was listening to the local country station here, Kicks 101.5, and they played my drug on Kicks 101.5. That's amazing. And yes, that, I, I mean, yeah, it, it was it was the, it was one of those you know they have those hosts or DJs that are like in Nashville or something, and it's not yeah. really just Atlanta; it's Nashville, Atlanta, and all that other stuff. And right. the, the DJ even said from right here in Nashville. And then as soon as she said your name, I'm like, I know his music. That's crazy. <laughs> so that's amazing. I didn't know that. I'm, I mean, they don't, I, I wouldn't know what to do if I was just driving in and my song was on the radio. That'd be crazy. Um, but yeah. that's really cool. I, that, I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was amazing. I, I was so, I was so happy to hear it on, on a yeah. national, like a really, a, a really big station here in Atlanta, you know? Right. Um, See, if it was my day, I'd be by the tape recorder with play and record waiting. That's right. right. You got to catch it. Yep. Stop talking to you. (laughs) Right. Hey, you got any plans to come to Georgia anytime soon and doing a concert down here? Uh, Actually, there is uh, an organization that reached out last month about doing something. I don't have it. It's not official yet, though. So, but if that does, a lot of times people will go through my website and request something. But it's easy for those things to kind of fall through. So if that becomes a legit thing, I will absolutely let you guys know. And I honestly, I was until I typed in the addresses and looked at the the distance, I was just going to drive down and do something and do this, do the interview in studio or whatever because I think that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe we could do that at some point too. But um, absolutely, yeah. If, if that show if that show does come like happen, then I will let you guys know. I don't know where it is exactly in Georgia, but uh, I'll keep you posted. You're what, about three and a half hours away. Yeah, about three and a half. And so I was like, oh, it's going to be about seven round trip. I was like, oh, that might be a lot. So, but we'll, we'll definitely, we'll definitely make it happen at some point. That'd be amazing because I know I would be front row sitting right there waiting for it. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll for sure do it. I'll, t- I'll tell Patrick that we're having practice and Anthony's coming. That way he shows up. <laughs> you know, every Saturday, dude, you tell me Anthony's coming. I'm like, I'm there. <laughs> 15 minutes early. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there like 30 minutes early, ready to go. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's awesome. No, we will. I, I will. I will come. I'll make the trip at some point. I guess. Cool. And that would be amazing. I mean, there's so many venues, especially like I, I don't there's a city called Woodstock here in Georgia and they're blowing up. And there's just so many venues about to open up that songwriters and artists could just play. I mean, we played at Mad Life, you know, Um I don't know if you know the the band Electric Avenue. They're an '80s oh, cover band. Okay. They played about. I mean, it's everybody plays in Mad Life, and it's just a great venue. And like I said, there are so many venues opening up. It'd be amazing to have you down here. And I mean, if you ain't got nowhere to stay, I got a couch you can sleep on, like for real. <laughs> like Anthony's being nice. He's like, uh, I don't want to stay on your. Couch. Yeah, I don't want to stay with you. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? I've slept on floors, couches, in my car. I've, I've I've done it all, so I'm not opposed to a couch. Yeah, so I mean, it it it'd just be amazing to have you down here and yeah, spread we'll, spread we'll happen, for sure. You know, spread your your music all around here and really get you going. And I mean, I would yeah. love to see you. I would love to see you blow up, honestly. Yeah. So when you get you know when you're when you're on the CMAs and be like, I want to thank the little people. And that one dude I talked to on a podcast, I forget his name, but you know, he, he knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, I won't forget. I won't forget. Well, so. let me let me give you a backstory of how what Patrick's going through right now. Cause he didn't tell you, but you probably can't see the bruise on his face. 
he missed he missed practice Saturday, and, and it's a legitimate reason why this time. He had knocked him. He, he I don't know how you keep hurting yourself, Patrick. He was uh, walking to I guess to the bathroom or something. Tripped over towel towels. Is that what it was? And hit yeah, his so, face on the marble and knocked himself out. Damn. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean. No, I can't really tell on here. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I, I went to the bathroom. It was around midnight. And I was coming back out, and I tripped over some towels. And we in my in my master bath, there's a his and her sink, and they're marble sinks. And I tripped. I started to fall, and all I remember is this is gonna hurt like a hell. Yeah. And then I hit, and I saw what was like a, a flash, and then I just remember looking, seeing the ceiling. So I went to, this was on Thursday night around midnight. I went to work Friday, worked all day Friday. And then I was like, it's just my head's pounding. It's getting progressively worse. The swelling's getting worse. So I went to the ER. They're like, by the way, you got a severe concussion. You know, I literally, the reason why there's so much swelling is I crushed every single nasal cavity on my left side of my face. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, because of the concussion, there's a hole in my back of my eye now, which they said that's normal. I mean, that's that's just going to grow back. You know, it'll be fine. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty bad. I, I was planning on going, but I was so, like, confused and dizzy and everything. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to chill. <laughs> I don't need to be beating on the drums. Yeah, and relaxing. I the drum, like, oh, God, what's going on? So, well, yeah. You're all right. Yeah, it's it's pretty stupid, but whatever. It happens. I mean, that's it could have been worse for sure. So, but uh, right. well, are you getting more questions for him? I, no, I think I'm good, man. And like okay. I said, I appreciate your time, Anthony. I really do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I mean, I'm down to do this again at some point, and hopefully, I can make a trip down that way. Yeah, anytime oh, you want to come back, brother, you're more than welcome to. Like I said, if you want to come do it live here, we'll do it in the studio. Um, if you like to send music, we'll play it. If you co-write, just reach out to me. I come to you, do Zoom. We can whatever you want to do. Um, and then what I always ask two things of the guest is one, of course, share it with everybody. Right. So that everybody know about the Georgia Songbirds. And I'll let you know before your uh, episode goes up, it'll go on like the all the major platforms, iHeart, Spotify, it's everywhere. Um, and then two is because I'm I'm a big proponent of of helping other songwriters no matter where they're at in their journey. So if you have any songwriter buddies or songwriter artists, band, whatever that we need to hear, send them my way. You can email me. You have my email. Just email me a list of them uh, or have them reach out and we'll talk to them too. Yeah, I can, I can do that for sure. And it'd be Got just you. like this conversation style. Uh, I don't know if they'll get the YouTube experience, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll get the YouTube experience. I got Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Well, I want to thank you, Anthony, again. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, and tell everybody one more time before I let you go where they can find you at. Yeah, just Anthony Mossberg, M-O-S-S-B-U-R-G on all platforms. And uh, yeah, if that has any problems, just go to my website. It's anthonymossberg.com. And that'll get you to everything. Yep. And guys, check him out. He's on all the platforms. Listen to his music. Download his music. Buy his merch. Go see him live when he's playing. And you said all your events are on your website, right? Yep, they'll, they'll be on there. We don't have anything up there right now for the year, but we will soon. Okay. Yeah, and you guys follow him because it's it's really good music. I dig your stuff. You give me hope with somebody with a growly voice that we can sing because I, I always make the joke with people when, when they say, this is, this is I'm singing you guys a love song, but with my voice, it's going to scare the hell out of you. So you don't want to hear me in the dark, right? Say, like, hey, baby, how you want to come here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Give them a completely different vibe. 
great. But yeah, I feel that. I feel that for sure. So again, thank you both for coming on. And Patrick, thank you for controlling yourself a little bit. I- <laughs> no, you guys are, thank you guys for having me, man. And, and it was great meeting both of you and uh, Lily, I believe is her name. So um, yeah, great meeting you guys. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely do it again. Thank you, brother. Absolutely. Bye. Have a good night. You too. See you now. All right, everybody, that was Georgia Songbirds, and we were talking to Anthony Mossberg.